It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Aloha and welcome to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. Woo! We got an awesome episode lined up for you guys today. We got the Schmo, aka Dave Schmolenson. Yeah! He is a breath of fresh air to sports journalism and he is with Hit the Bell today. Can't wait to go into the schmo zone with the schmo, man. I love getting in character with the schmo. He used to come on with me back in Hawaii, and now we get to do it over here at Sports Grid, and we're going to catch up with the schmo, man. Always a blast. Also, Minty Betts, the queen of MMA wagering, joins us today. I cannot wait to talk to Minty Betts. She's going to give her some best bets for UFC Vegas, and she's also going to recap her time at UFC 290, International Fight Week. She was a superstar down there. Can't wait to catch up with Minty. First time on the show for Minty Betts, and yeah, we're going to have a badass time. Guys, UFC 290 was lit. Robbie Lawler took over the show, set it off on fire. Drinkus 2 plus C wins at plus 300. We told you that was going to happen. Pantoja wins at plus 170 and new. We told you that was going to happen. And Alex Volkanovsky wins in round three, destroys Yair Pantera Rodriguez, and he gets the job done. Many are arguing today that he is the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world. Me and Gabe discussed this last night on Sports Rage Late Night. Gabe says bollocks. He is not the pound-for-pound pound best. He just lost to Islam Makhachev. He is not the best. Right now, the best is John Jones, considering what he did to Cyril Gaon. But some people are going to say that Alex Volkanovsky is a pound-for-pound pound best after what he just did to Yair Pantera Rodriguez and what he pretty much did to Islam Makhachev since he nearly won the fight, and some say he won the fight. It was a split decision. It was a crazy fight. Could have gone either way. What do I think? I think that Alex Volkanovsky is the pound-for-pound best right now simply because Jon Jones has not fought enough in the last few years to warrant that pound-for-pound best title. Alex Volkanovsky fights everybody, anywhere, anytime, weight class, doesn't matter, and he shows up. And if he actually would have lost to Makachev convincingly, I would say that, yeah, no, he is not the pound-for-pound best. But I actually had Volkanovski winning that fight because of the way that he finished that fight in the fa- in the fifth round. And that's all I'll say about that. We move on. UFC Vegas coming up this week. Holly Holm, Mayra Bueno Silva. Go get your money on Holly Holm right now before the price only gets higher. Holly Holm right now at minus 170 on many sports books. Mayra Bueno Silva climbing at plus 145. Holly Holm was at minus 150 just a few days ago. So the cash flow is going. I think this fight also goes to a decision. 
I think there's a decision and Holly Holm wins it. I think it's going to go 49-46. You know, something along those lines. Expect Holly Holm to win. Also, Terrence McKinney is back on the card this week fighting a pretty badass fighter, man. I got to say, Nazim Sadikov is the real deal, man. This guy is minus 135 favorite over McKinney right now. He is 1-0 in the UFC. Didn't have his best fight in his previous performance against Elder. So uh, he is a gamer, though. But McKinney, plus 115. I don't know what to think of this fight right now. I really don't. I, I, you know, Follow me on Twitter, at HipperBell. I'm probably going to be making this pick closer down to fight week based off of what I see at the weigh-ins, based off of what I see, who had a bad weight cut and whatnot. We really can't see who's ready and who's not because so much matters on weigh-in day to see who makes weight and who had a bad weight cut. You know, look at Jalen Turner. He didn't make weight this past weekend, and it showed in that third round. He gassed. He didn't finish the fight well. Dan Hooker ends up winning that fight via split decision. Follow the weight cut, man. Also, we were in Las Vegas uh, two weeks ago. Uh, well, we were there last week, and we were there two weeks ago as well for UFC Vegas. And you know what? What happened to Kutatalatse? Minus 400 uh, favorite in that fight. And the plus 500 underdog Brenner wins that fight. That's awesome. You know, also, Kunta Talatse, bad weight cut. He loses the fight. He also gasses out in the third round. And all this type of stuff happens with bad weight cuts. So we're going to see what's going to happen on Friday with these weight cuts. Check me out at, at HipperBell for my latest updates and my latest best bets. You know, but I want to tell you guys right now, minus 160, Melsik Bakhtasarian, the guy from Armenia. He's an awesome kickboxer. Great stand-up. I think he's going to go into this fight kind of pissed off against Lust, against Lutz. You know, I think uh, Bakhtasarian lost his last fight against Koulibau, and he got submitted in the second round, and he was just starting to really get into this fight when he got submitted in that fight. So I actually think he's going to come out strong in this fight and put a whooping on Lutz. I really do. So look for Melsic Bakhtasarian at minus 160. I think there's going to be more money that's going to be coming in on Melsic, you know, prior to fight day. So look out for that line. Guys, we need to get to the schmo. He's coming up right around the corner. I can't wait to catch up with Dave. We're going to go in depth with the schmo. And we're also going to go in depth with Minty Betts. And she's going to give us her, her best bets for the upcoming card. I can't wait to do all this and more on Hit the Bell. And don't forget, we're going to finish strong with Wimbledon. Yes, grass season's not over just yet. The finals are coming up this weekend. Carlos Alcraz is still in it. Novak Djokovic is still in it. Yannick Sinner is still in it. Lots of great things coming on the grass. Iga Swiatek is out on the women's side. Zvitolina is making a run. Joe Burr is making a run. There is lots of great odds in Wimbledon. So I'm going to give you all that and more on Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Bravel. Only on Sports Grid. We'll be right back. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Bravel on the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. 
nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, fight fans? Welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. Big show lined up for you guys today. I feel like I say that every single week, but this time we got my buddy coming on. And my buddy is a man around the MMA world right now. You know why? Because the Schmo, a.k.a. Dave Schmolenson, is on with us right now. The Schmo, welcome back to Hit the Bell, my man. It's been way too long. How are you? The Schmo can't complain. Matthias, we love the introduction, man. Every single time we're on call with you, it's always a great time. Thanks for having the Schmo today. Oh, man, well, I got to get the Schmo ready to rock. I, I I have to have that vibe that the Schmo gives. And when I see the Schmo at all these events, and when I see the Schmo at UFC 290 stealing the show, I got to get you on the show, man. So welcome. Let's talk some UFC 290, my friend. What a card. Some people are saying it's the best UFC card ever. I'm not going to jump, you know, to that rate. So, But I'm, I'm going to say it was a damn good card, Schmo. I got to say, man, we got a whole lot of everything, right? What did you think of UFC 290? Well, I agree with you. It's the best card in recent memory. Maybe it's one of the best ones of all time, but let's not forget about all the great cards that have come before then. But it was an excellent card. So many finishes. Alexander Volkanovsky and still. We got a new champion in Alexandre Pantoja. Drikas Duplessis shocking everybody. Not the Schmo, because the Schmo had Drikas winning that, by the way. But also, there's a lot of great stuff. Bo Nicoli did what he was out supposed to do. There's so many great fights, so many great finishes. That's what made this card spectacular. I love that you had Drikas Duplessis winning this fight. You know why, Schmo? Because I did too, baby. Plus 300. How could you avoid that? How could we not see that? How could people think, ah, uh, you know what, plus 300, Drikas Duplessis, Robert Whitaker always wins. What's he ever going to do? What's Duplessis ever going to do to Robert Whitaker? right? Who? The only person that could beat Robert Whitaker is Israel Adesanya. Well, that's not the case because Drikas Duplessis got it done inside two rounds. It didn't even get to the third round and he nearly finished it in the first round. If there was maybe 30 seconds left in the round, he maybe would have finished it because he had great top position. He was rounding great ground and pound until the bell actually saved Robert Whitaker. And next thing we know, Bo Nickel wins his fight and he's calling out Drake's Duplessis saying, eh, that's easy money, right? The number one contender, that's an easy money for Bo Nickel. Ah, man, what's wrong with the division right now calling out Drake's Duplessis thinking that the guy's a scrub? He just knocked out Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya, same thing. Very emotional with Drake's Duplessis. What's up with the disrespect? Respect. Well, the UFC matchmakers aren't giving Drikas the disrespect because what people don't realize, this was the third straight international fight week that Drikas Duplessis was fighting on. The guy's pay-per-view. He's fighting on pay-per-view cards. They realize the value that he has. And listen, he believed in himself. Everyone was saying, oh, that nose surgery he got, it's all baloney, the 18% breathing, yada, yada, yada. Well, turns out he gets the last laugh. He's the one who's gone out there. It might not be the prettiest things at times, but he always gets the job done, and that's what it's all about. 
And listen, Israel Adesanya, he manifested that this would happen. He manifested that Drinkus would finish Robert and he'd be fighting him. Well, guess what? That seems to be the next matchup. And when it comes to Schmo Nickel, Bo Nickel, the Schmo loves this guy, by the way. We asked Dana White in the post-fight press conference, are we ready to give this man a top 15 middleweight? Eh, not so fast. They're going to slowly bring his contenders on the way and do not expect Schmo Nickel to be fighting a top 15 middleweight next. Yeah, you know what? That's good for them because they need to harvest that thing, man. They need to harvest Bo Nickel. The way that he beat up Val Woodburn, the way that nobody kind of expected him to do it, everybody kind of thought he was going to take it to the ground, wrestle with him, not take any damage, do the whole Penn State, you know, the whole Penn State walkout. Everybody thought it was going to be a wrestling match and he was going to dominate and show off his skill. Not the case. He didn't even go for the takedown, Schmo. He get him with a left hook and that's pretty much all she wrote because he got the big finish after he landed that left hook. The guy is special, that's for sure, but forget about Bo Nickel for a second. Let's talk about Israel Adesanya and his emotional outburst that he had after the Drinkus Duplessis Robert Whitaker fight. Do you think Adesanya lost his mind? Do you think Adesanya is being too emotional going into this fight? Because history tells us, Schmo, that the guys who go into these types of fights very emotional and you know listening to all that noise, that you know it doesn't really they don't really come out. On the, on the right side of things, you know, look at Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, the first time they fought, Dustin comes out after he lost and says, you know what, I was too emotional, the biggest mistake that I made was getting too emotional in that fight and kind of falling into Conor McGregor's hands, and next thing you know, Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor, completely the same thing, Jose Aldo is so emotional, right, he bows out of the first fight, he doesn't like all the things that Conor's saying, he doesn't like Conor stealing his belt when Conor wasn't even the champion yet, next thing you know, Aldo's getting slept inside of what, 13 seconds, and that's all she wrote. Do you kind of see the same thing happening with Adesanya? Do you think he needs to take a step back and realize, like, don't listen to this guy and fall into this trap? Because right now it seems like Drinkus is moving the pieces around and everything is falling into place. Well, not so fast. Not so fast. The Schmo doesn't want to jump the gun that quickly, but the Schmo does want to point out this. When was the last time we saw a champion enter inside the octagon for the face-to-face against the challenger, for the guy that would be challenging him next. It's usually the other way around. It's the challenger wins, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The champion wins, the next challenger, he comes up, he goes inside the octagon. It was the reverse. You don't see that coming. And that was a very interesting decision the UFC allowed for Izzy to get inside the cage and all the blabbing, all the racial undertones that went under that screaming in the bar. You know, it was just, it wasn't meant to be. It was very emotional. Now, can Izzy turn that around and fight without the emotion? We've seen him do it before. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, him and Anderson Silva. They're jockeying for a position for the greatest UFC middleweight of all time. Listen, Izzy has what it takes to get the job done. We know the skills. We also know that he could fight with emotion, without emotion. It's going to be fireworks either way because obviously both these guys are going to put their country on the back and both of them see this thing very differently. There's a big storyline here. But uh, I don't want to just discredit Izzy just right off the bat because of what he's accomplished so far. you got to give the champion his respect. 
We are talking to the Schmo, a.k.a. Dave Schmolenson. You can follow the Schmo on Twitter at the Schmo 312 Go find him at the Schmo Zone. Go find him at the schmo 312com Go buy his merchandise. Go buy his badass glasses from the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And we're going to talk more about that later in the interview. But we're talking UFC 290 with the Schmo right now. We're talking Israel Adesanya. We're talking the drama with Drinkus Duplessis. And we're talking about the next middleweight champion of the world, possibly Drinkus Duplessis. Or does, and still, Israel Adesanya continue his reign. Well, everybody thought that his fight with Robert Whitaker, there's going to be so much carnage, it'd be a war, and that there'd be no way that the winner of this fight would be able to have a quick turnaround, UFC 293, Sydney, Australia, September. That wasn't the case, because as far as we know right now in this very moment, Drikas Duplessis, he doesn't have any major injuries where he could be ready to go right there to Sydney, Australia, a couple months from now, really a couple weeks from now. Is it two months? Is it less than two months? It's around that time and go in there and challenge Izzy Adesanya. And he has this momentum right now to do it. And it would be a very, very highly contested fight. It would be a challenge. Listen, everybody has their day. What makes the sport the greatest sport in the world is one punch can alter the entire trajectory of somebody's career, of the fight, of everything. And that's what Drikas Duplessis possesses. These guys have a history. When Drikas Duplessis told the Schmo a couple of weeks ago, right when he came to Vegas, about his history with Israel Adesanya, he was 19 years old, he was training with him at Tiger Muay Thai, they didn't actually spar, he said. They were having a wrestling, a grappling match, and he, quote, manhandled Izzy Adesanya in the grappling department. And that was a 19-year-old Drikas Duplessis saying that, or at that time, Drikas saying that. So, with that said... It depends because he's such a well-rounded fighter, and we know Izzy, he will use his wrestling if he needs to, but he's never had to use wrestling against a guy that has wrestling that's ahead of his. And listen, it will be one of those fights that uh, could really very much be what we expected in Robert Whitaker and Drinkus Duplessis, that middleweight championship of the world. You know, I was going to ask you about uh, the antics after the fight and if you actually thought they were just selling the fight. You know, when you talk to the older generation, when you talk to the 60-year-old men, when you talk to the 75-year-old men, when you talk to the guys who are 50 years old, that they've been watching the boxing. Oscar Deloya was their favorite fighter. Trinidad was their favorite boxer. You know, Mike Tyson's, all that type of talk. When they see the antics, you know, of Israel Adesanya and Drikas Duplessis, they kind of find the whole thing nonsense. I've talked to a lot of older gentlemen and they all say, don't believe all that nonsense they're just trying to sell the fight they're just trying to sell the fight that's all they are doing is money making business do you think that's true do you think this whole entire you know breathing in the african air you're not even african you live in new zealand all that racial nonsense do you think that's all part of the gimmick do you think that's all part of just selling the fight and making as much money as possible and no matter who wins when they fight they're going to give each other a hug and a kiss because they're going to make a shitload of money what do you think well it only helps The smoke thinks that they didn't need to sell this fight. The storyline sold the fight in itself. All this added drama is only going to help sell the fight, but I don't think that it was necessarily something that they needed. I can see these guys embracing in the octagon no matter result after the fight, but I think Izzy was so in the moment, so in the element, and he's the type of guy that needed maybe that extra fuel to be like, Maybe he needed it, maybe he didn't, but that added fuel gives him more of a purpose into training. Like Muhammad Ali, you know, there's a lot of similarities to Shmo season on Muhammad Ali and Israel Adesanya. It's the highest compliment you can give, what they say about their opponents, the way they're flashing inside the cage and stuff like that. And maybe that was just part of his way of building up. 
Maybe a lot of people don't agree with that, the schmo being one of them, specifically the words that were said. But we can certainly understand how emotional it can be in that type of situation, and it's only going to add more dollars in everybody's pocket that's involved with this thing. We are talking to the Schmo, a.k.a. Dave Schmolenson. You can follow the Schmo at theschmo312.com and also on Twitter at theschmo312. Go buy his merchandise. Go find his stuff. Go find him all over the MMA spaces and the boxing spaces and the NBA spaces. He's all over the place right now. He's a breath of fresh air to sports journalism. We move on. The Schmo and new and new Alexander Pantoja becomes a new flyweight champion of the world. Goes 3-0 and against Moreno. The Casual fans going to say, what are you talking about, Matias? He's only 2-0 against Moreno. No, no, no. He's 3-0. The ultimate fighter, and now two UFC fights. That's 3-0. We don't need to go see a fourth fight, Schmo. That's the same reason we don't need to see Volkanovski and Max Holloway part four. There's no need. But now, who's going to get the next title shot against Alexander Pantoja? Is it Askarov? Is it the winner of Manel Cape and Kai Kara France? Is it Brandon Royval? Or is it a guy who I like, who's been winning a lot of fights, who's not a house household name, but damn, does he have the skill to become a champion and possibly have his reign for a while, depending on, you know, the way that the cards unfold. Amir Albazi, who do you think gets the next flyweight championship shot against Alexander Pantoja? It's got to be Brandon Royval. Raw Dog weighed in at UFC 290 to be the backup fighter. And history shows us that the person that weighs in as the backup fighter gets the next title shot. He made weight, Roy Val. The Schmo was there at the weigh-ins to see it. He's going to get the next title shot. So it's going to be Raw Dog, Brandon Roy Val against Alexandre Pantoja. And what's very interesting about Moreno is in real time, the Schmo scored at 48-47 Moreno. The Schmo's the type of guy that believes if you're the champion and you're fighting the challenger, the challenger has to take the belt away from the champion. And the Schmo felt that three rounds to two rounds, Moreno won the fight. And then we went and rewatched it. Because it's different walking alive and watching the scorecards. No robbery by any means, but we certainly understand why Petoja then got the nod and the judge's decision. So with that all being said, it's interesting because Brandon Moreno, as a two-time champion in the flyweight division, has never successfully defended it. So for that reason, the Schmo doesn't think he deserves that fourth fight right away. And it, for very much reasons, we saw him weigh in, Brandon, Raw Dog, Roy Val, next title shot. Whoo, Brandon Roy Val, man, if he's listening to this right now, you know he's a happy guy. He finishes fights, but at the same time, he's lost to some of the top contenders. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but at the same time, I don't mind Roy Val being at the top. I really don't. I think he deserves a title shot. I think he's an elusive fighter. I think he finishes fights. Uh, he's a good speaker, knows how to sell a fight, and he's confident. I don't mind that fight one bit. Do you think that eventually Amir Al-Bazi could become the champion of that division? 100%. Amir Al-Bazi, super well-rounded, has a skill set. The Schmo put a stamp on it, believes that Amir Albazi will be a UFC flyweight champion one day, likely sooner than later. Whoo, you guys heard it from the Schmo himself. We move on. And we should have started with this, but no, 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 no. We have to put him right in the middle because this is where it makes the biggest impact of the whole entire show because nobody's expecting it to smoke. Robbie Lawler gets another finish, and you know what? He finished Nico Price like nobody expected he was going to do, and he did it so quickly. He didn't take any damage. He busted so many parlays, and how weird was it when he was walking out that all the people that actually bet against him were giving him a standing ovation, including myself, the Schmo. I think 80 
80% of the people in T-Mobile had Nico Price in their parlays, and Robbie said, screw your parlays, I come to knock you out. And he did just that. And then we all gave him a standing ovation. Forget our money. Forget our parlays. Robbie wins and knocks out Nico Price and rides off into the sunset. But let me ask you, Schmo, how is that possible? You know, you're a former athlete where we've all played high-level competition in our lives at some point. Now that we're older, we're just doing the whole content stuff, but we still have that dog in us, Schmo. And the first thing I noticed was how could you retire after a walk-off home run in the UFC against the guy in Nico Price, who many people still think have some good years in front of him, right? Nico Price has been a great fighter, but he's been inconsistent. He's been up and down. He's been finished. He does finish fighters, and he's been finished too. This was the perfect dance partner for a ruthless Robbie Lawler to go out the way ruthless Robbie Lawler was meant to go out. Schmo was watching UFC 289. We were doing it with Brendan Schaub's fight companion, and in that moment when Amanda Nunes goes out on top, puts her gloves down right there, we thought, wow, that could be the best walk-off ending to any UFC career, going out on top X, Y, and Z. Now, nah, I turn around and I look at this. It doesn't matter if it was not on the pay-per-view card. It was the last one to open things up before the pay-per-view card. Ruthless Robbie Lawler, in the best fashion you would expect out of Ruthless Robbie Lawler, knocks him out, first round, job done, wakes up that day of fight day, feeling like the old Ruthless. Didn't matter how he was going to go out. Didn't matter if he was going to finish with a knockout or get knocked out himself. This was going to be the last fight. Maybe, maybe, maybe a Conor McGregor in December could absolutely tease him to say back. If Conor McGregor just throws a whole eight ball out there and says, you know, I'm going to fight Robbie Larnick. Maybe that could draw him out from not fighting again. But likely that was the last time we see Ruthless. You can't ever, ever count out a living legend of sport. Former champion of the sport. Been in my Schmo's favorite fight of all time against Roy McDonald. I mean, let's be real, man. Ruthless Robbie Lawler. When he got that nickname, when he done the things that he's done, is it really a shocker? Is it? No, it's not. And that's why I want to smack myself in the face right now because I picked against him along with so many other people. I had a great view of everything and I got I got to see the walkout. I got to see the just like the whole entire persona, the vibe. And I had a fear in the back of my spine. There was fear considering I had parlays with Nico Price and I knew it was about to get shot down because the walkout was so pure. It was so original. It was so Robbie Lawler-like and he had that death stare, man. And I just saw Nico Price pacing back and forth. It almost looked like he didn't want to bleed it almost looked like he trained for this moment not to get too over the top when he's about to fight Robbie Lawler and you could just see that he was fearful he almost looked like he was like damn am I really about to do this is this really the fight that I'm about to get against Robbie Lawler and he got his lights turned out so quickly did you have that same sense when Robbie was walking out that Nico was gonna get knocked out quick the last of Mohicans the schmo got goosebumps going down the spine during that walkout that was intimidation 101 he walked in there. He looked around at the entire arena like he knew what was about to happen next. And he damn well knew he was going to finish. And that's what he did. And Nico Price couldn't do a damn thing to stop it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He couldn't do a damn thing to stop it. He got in that Muay Thai clench, and he couldn't get the hell out of that Muay Thai clench. I was just like, oh, my God. As I'm watching the replay over again, I'm just thinking to myself, 
and I'm trying to put myself in Nico Price's position to have that grip that Robbie Lawler had behind his neck and not have the ability to get out of that clench, not have the ability to get out of that grip and take shots, you know, and take those uppercuts like he was taking. It was almost a helpless feeling. It was almost getting stuck in a black hole and not being able to swim yourself out of that thing. You know it was done, Schmo. Absolutely. And that's all she wrote. And no better way to cap off Ruthless Robbie Lawler's career than that. We move on with the schmo. The Ultimate Fighter was last night. Another great episode. I love this season. I have to ask you a little bit about this season because I think the last time we actually had a season like this was the last time Connor was actually coaching the season. And that was a that was a cool season for all the wrong reasons, in my opinion, because that was all Connor McGregor and, and the whole TJ Dillashaw snake in the grass. You know, who everybody wanted to watch the whole snake in the grass and TJ Dillashaw and the, and the and the drama going on, you know, with Alpha Male and, and Connor McGregor being able to you know observe and see everything and call it out how it is. People were really into that season. But now I'm really into this season for all the right reasons, Schmo. I love the fighters. I love how the right guys are advancing. I think all the guys who are still winning, they're all dogs. They're all guys who probably shouldn't have been cut from the UFC so quickly. They're hungry, hungry fighters. What do you think of the show so far? Who do you think is going to win? Oh, well, veterans and the youngsters. The match is very interesting because Chandler getting all the older cats and Connor getting all the young cats, 7-0 right now. It's likely going to be a clean sweep, and that's what it is. It's all the veterans there. Jason Knight, that guy's fought all the who's who. He's the one who had that quick victory last night. you got to lean towards him and him and Hubbard. It's going to be Hubbard or Jason Knight. Not sure where, who's going where. And then Roosevelt Roberts, that guy is obviously – those are the Schmoes three right there, those three guys. Um, and that is the 155 division. Brad Katana won it at 135. He's a veteran, so he's already won this competition before. So he's a Schmo Saver at 35. And um, we'll just give you one, and we'll give you the Schmo Saver at 35 and Brad Katana there. But uh, those three I mentioned before, those are the Schmo Savers in the, uh, the lightweight division. And I love how you said all those names, but I really do, because all those guys are badasses. And I had a feeling you were going to pick Katona, because I know you love your wrestlers. I know you love the wrestler. I know you love to get on the mat, the Schmo. And the Brad Katona is a hell of a wrestler who loves to get this fight to the ground. We move on with the Schmo. But now it's time to bring on Dave Schmolenson. Because the Schmo, you know, before he was the Schmo, he was Dave Schmolenson. And he was a breath of fresh air to sports journalism. So now we bring on Dave. The Schmo's going back, and now we're bringing on Dave. What's up, Dave? Let's talk to Dave, and let's talk about your journey man where did you have the guts to become the schmo where did this idea come from you know how did it all come about because so many guys ask me how do i get into this business how you know how how do i make a name for myself the competition is so stiff but you know what no there's no competition for the schmo because the schmo did it and dave it started with you my friend what's up brother how did you become the schmo listen i appreciate that and i guess i'm putting the schmo to rest right now just temporarily, but when you're not first, be different. That's the biggest thing I could say. And nobody gave me a chance. You know, when I graduated college in 2012, uh, I wanted to be a traditional sports broadcaster. The dream was to be an anchor at ESPN, wake up every day, talk sports, entertain people, right? And so I tried everything to do the traditional route, and I tried for years, um, and nobody gave me a chance. And when I was at USA Today, I had already seen back in 2014-15 the entire shift going into the digital world, and I knew that digital video would be the future. I'm a goofy guy. I'm from Chicago. 
I take homage in all the Second City legends, the John Belushi's, the Chris Farley's, the Mike Myers, and I'm a huge sports guy, so I blended the best of two worlds. I created this character. I knew we needed video content at USA Today, so I pitched my concept to my bosses. I got them on board with it, and I basically started the schmo to kind of mock the system of nobody giving Dave Schmolenson a chance at sports broadcasting. You know, what What I really hate about this industry the most, and maybe you feel this way too, it's very, very subjective rather than objective. Meaning, like, it does, uh, if you're the best at what you do, like, that's why I love athletics, the cream rises to the top. The best get the opportunity. Well, in this industry, you got to know somebody. They got to like you. They might not be the best person for the position, but they fit the mold of the executive at the top. So I'm like, well, I don't want to be subjected to what somebody else's opinion of me was because that's what kept happening over and over again. I want to become undeniable. So how do I become undeniable? Blaze my own past, create the character. It took on a life of its own. I didn't foresee myself being the schmo back when I created in 2015 for the rest of my life or for the next foreseeable future, whatever that means. But it did. I just thought it would take me to the next step, let alone become the next step. And here we are. What's the biggest adversity you faced uh, while becoming the schmo? Do, do you have a story where like you you got backlash and it's just like, no, I'm not going to change. I'm going to keep on being the schmo because nothing is ever easy, right? Eventually, there's going to be some guys that envy you, that don't like you, that start getting the shine and, and make you want to change your way. You know, pretty much say the schmo's old now. You know, let's go back to Dave. Let's go back to this guy. Maybe you'll get that job at USA Today. You know, and you say, no, forget that. And you ran with it. You're still the schmo. Uh, did you ever have that point of adversity where it's just like you had the pressure of changing it and forgetting about the schmo? Never. All my adversity was to become the schmo. All the rejections. I had I had been screwed by ESPN, NBC, Fox Sports, all the networks. They dangled carrots in front of my face to pull the carpet from underneath me. False promises. I remember being 26 years old and being flown out to Portland, thinking I'd be having a sports show with NBC. They're telling me to look in Zillow, look for homes, look for apartments, condos, whatever. Let, let alone to call me two weeks later and say, oh, you didn't do the traditional route. You didn't go to Shreveport, Louisiana. You didn't go to Reading, California. And we can't give you the job for that reason. Just out of traditional ways, rather than looking at the bottom line and look at who's the most qualified for that position. So, of course, since I've become the schmo and I've been successful, um, they're going to have haters. You know, they're, you're always going to have people. You're not doing something right if you don't have people hating on what you do. But none of that that I receive now or the negativity along the climb came even close to living on my brother's couch and having no money, no one believing in me. Um, while I was creating the, the concept and doing things on my own. And I just knew I would get to where I want to be one day. And I'm still not exactly where I want to be, but I love where I am. I'd much rather be where I am than uh, working for a large network that has all the control that ends up having large layoffs and then you're on the sidelines. I'm much happier running my own media company, waking up every day, talking sports, making people laugh, doing my own thing, and I can't complain, just like the Schmo. Dave and the Schmo, what they have in common, they can't complain. 
Yeah, breath of fresh air to journalism, guys. I was so excited to have a schmo on Hit the Bell this uh, this week because of all the things that he brings to the table. And not just being the schmo, but being the honest guy that he is and the hard work that he puts into this every single day. You know, this is a type of work that you have to do every single day to actually be successful. You have to have a passion for it. You have to love MMA. You have to love the things that you cover. And that's exactly what the schmo does. You know, he is a genuine guy who, who lets it all out there and he gets the best out of his guests. He gets the best out of the fighters that he interviews because it's a genuine conversation and he's not asking the same old raggedy questions he's asking the good questions he's asking the questions that other athletes would ask because he is a former athlete so he gets the whole picture and he still trains and he still gets sweaty and he still gets his ass kicked by former fighters that are, you know that do the thing but you know why he does it so he can learn and that is the whole big picture right there man and I wish we could keep talking to you because we could talk for an hour a day. We could talk for two hours to Schmo, but our time has come to an end, my friend. But before I let you go, let everybody know where they could find your work and your Twitter handle and everything. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being on, and I appreciate real people like you. Come follow me at the Schmo 312 Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. That's where I'm at. I'm the Schmo on YouTube. And, um, you know, I appreciate everybody who follows the journey, everybody who watches my content, everyone who comes up to me to shake my hand, to take a photo. I love sports. I love mixed martial arts. I am living my dream every day is Saturday to me, and there's nothing else I'd rather do. And it's so fulfilling when you do it yourself. When you're self-made and you put in the work, if you have the passion and the work ethic, you can achieve anything you want in this life. But... That's easy to say it. It's hard to do. I'm all about action. Few people are. We'll see you next time, Schmo. Aloha. We'll be back with Minty Bets right after this from the UFC. Best Bets and more. Y'all stay tuned. This is Hit the Bell with me, Matias Perbell. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Welcome. 
What's up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matias Bell. Another special guest lined up for you guys today. We're going back to back. First, the schmo, and now the queen of MMA wagering herself is on Hit the Bell, Minty Betts. You can find Minty Betts on Twitter, at Minty Betts. You can also see her all over the UFC, UFC television, on the line. You find her at Yahoo Sports. She's killing the game right now, and she's making great picks every single week. Welcome to Hit the Bell, Minty. It's an honor to have you on. Oh, yeah, it is an honor to be on, Matias. I'm really excited to join you today. Lots of things to talk about, but, you know, before we get to future bets, I got to ask you about your experience at UFC 290. You were a superstar during Fight Week at International Fight Week. Everybody wanted your picture with you. Everybody wanted to say what's up to you. Everybody wanted your picks. But what did you think about the actual Fight Week itself, the fans, you know, the whole exposure the UFC gets in Las Vegas during this week, and obviously the great fight card that we had on Saturday? Okay, so um, let me start with a fight card, first of all, because this card was everything we could have asked for, right? There were so many quick finishes. It was such an ideal fight to watch or go to for any level of MMA fan, honestly. And then I know a few people who went just like with their with their spouses or their significant others and were like, wow, I never watched UFC before, but after this card, I I love UFC. Like, I, I, I'm a fan now. So yeah, it was an awesome card and I honestly really, really enjoyed it. However, I got absolutely destroyed betting-wise. <laughs> uh, my picks were not that great but uh you know i i personally liked a lot of underdogs on the card and you know when you like a lot of dogs on the card it's always like a bad sign but yeah we saw a lot of dogs eat uh this last weekend so I, i'm happy to see it because you know i absolutely love alexander pantoja i love drake Plessy. uh seeing dan hooker win was also quite a shock uh and robbie lawler hello uh definitely a parlay buster for me so th- this was a, a really great card and um yeah. And uh, oh, speaking of UFC X, it was awesome. It was actually my first UFC X convention and it was very, very stimulating, very overwhelming. There was a lot to do and a lot to see. And I was surprised of how well organized that it was. There was honestly like there were so many games you could win a lot of free prizes i was surprised how actually like family friendly it was as well as fan friendly um and i was mainly in on media row on radio row the whole time and it was pretty cool like you said there were fans of me which i was actually really surprised about um there was a, a line to take a picture with me and so i was honestly shook and so honored so i had a lot of fun and i i would absolutely go back every single year <laughs> Well, why wouldn't you want to go back every I'm sure your ego was pumping. You had, you had a line of people <laughs> wanting to take pictures with you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. Well, you I don't just expect hope they all that. got my good side, you know. I hope they got my good side. So. Yeah, I, that's what I say every single time somebody takes a picture of me. You know, just make sure I don't look large and we're good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The camera adds 10 pounds, so you got to suck it up, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, you know what? Uh, you didn't have great picks last weekend, but you did have Drinkus 2 Plus C, and I saw you writing about it on Twitter. And that was the pick to have, right? You know, out of all the picks that you could, that you could possibly miss, if you hit a plus three hundred winner, if you pick against Robert Whitaker, I think that's a winning night in my book. What do you think? Absolutely, but you know what, Matisse, I can't count that as a win because I didn't officially give it up on the show. Even though I like verbally said it on the show that I liked Rickus to win, my pick was actually for that fight to start round three, and it didn't make it. So I ultimately lost, and it's a win in my book, but I can't personally count it as you know a win in the record books for the public. But yeah, that was so great to see. I'm, I'm such a big uh, Duplessis fan. I think he's an absolute tank. I think he's just getting started and I honestly like him to be Izzy. But yeah, you know, that's just me. 
I like I like the honesty. I like the honesty, but it's all good because I remember saying you liked them, and then I made gave me the confidence to even keep going with it, along with a lot of other people. So that was badass. So I thank you for that because the more confidence, the better. You know, Robbie Lawler gets a big time finish. You said parlay buster. I completely agree with you. He busted about four of my parlays, and he probably Ooh. busted about a thousand other parlays. But how crazy was it that when he was actually walking out, it seems like we were all cheering for him and we we're giving him a standing ovation, and we had like the whole goosebump thing. But we all bet against them, and then when he won, we still gave him a standing ovation. It's crazy, right? It was like a bittersweet moment because you want to see the guy succeed, but you're also like, man, I just lost money. But also, I'm really happy for you. So I guess it was a win-lose situation, but, you know, it was in a good way. We're all still in good spirits about it. Well, the best part about gambling and the best part about wagering is recovering and rebounding. And yeah, UFC 290 is now in the rearview mirror. And now we look forward to UFC Vegas. And we have another big card coming up this week. Holly Holm, Bosky Farms, New Mexico. Stand up. Yeah, she's back. Main event. She's there. Myra Bueno Silva, plus 140. Holly Holm, minus 175. We see the money going towards Holly Holm right now. She was minus 150 not that long ago. Now she's minus 175. You know, the over is there as well. I think this fight goes the distance. Uh, what do you think about this main event coming up this uh, this Saturday? Yeah, so uh, the pick that I'm going to give out this weekend is going to be on Holly Holm to win. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing her uh, on DraftKings at minus 170 now, and I would still bet on her. I, I agree with the line move that, you know, the money's coming in on Holly. Um, and if Holly wins, I do absolutely agree with the over. And, you know, if we're thinking about the under, then it might be Myra Buena Silva's, you know, fight to win. Um, but ultimately, I mean, Holly has more ways to win. She's got so much experience, so much versatility. And again, I don't think that price is terrible high. If she was a two-buck favorite, I'd probably lay off. But minus 170, not so bad. I, I really like Holly to win. Myra is undefeated in this division since moving up in weight. Some people say she has one of the craziest knee bars you know, out there. Be careful for that. Do, do, is there any way you could back Myra whatsoever You know, in this at plus 140? Or is it kind of like, let's, let's go fishing for something lucky? Yeah, she is on a heater. She's off of three straight wins. She's super skilled on the ground she pushes the pace and you know she has the age advantage so i can absolutely see her being a live dog here honestly i feel like this would be a good live betting situation but in my line of work i can't give out live bets at the moment you know because i have to give them out a pre-fight but yeah i i could see myra winning and i feel like the safe bet would be the total but then again like if we're going over then we got to go holly Uh, she just knows how to win uh, every round. So I think that's why maybe the value lies with Holly Holm here. But I, I'm not against betting on Myra Buena Silva at all either. Not perfect. You know, there's two sides to every coin and we have to yeah. get both sides of this. But I'm with you. I actually agree with you on everything. I, I like Holly Holm to win. I like the over. And Holly Holm all the way. New Mexico, like I said, stand up. <laughs> she's only getting older, but she's she's aging like fine wine. That's for sure. Holly Holm is still dangerous. You know, forget the age. She is dangerous in every single one of her fights. And she showed that in her previous fights. We move on, though. Coma event derive against park park excellent grappler loves to drown his opponents derive 16 and 4 overall professional record in, in mma but at the same time not doing so great in the ufc he hasn't fought terribly by any stretch but park i think has stepped it up you know park is a guy who i think not many people expected a lot from when he got to the ufc and he has been able to actually do whatever he wants you know in my opinion he he, he takes a fight where he wants to take it he usually drowns his opponents he's an excellent grappler which everybody kind of fears an excellent grappler in the UFC. I like Park to win this fight. And, and, and you know, if I like Park to win this fight, I think I like him at the over as well, Minty. Uh, do you agree with me? What do you think of this fight coming up right here at the co-main event? 
Yeah, so I haven't really uh, dove deep into this particular co-main event yet, but I kind of do lean Park right now as well. Everything you said, just copy and paste and retweet. I mean, he's a great grappler. He's very dominant. I can see him winning this fight. And again, this price isn't too crazy. But the fight right before that, Norma Dumont and Chelsea Chandler is actually one that I'm kind of excited about. And I know not a lot of people, um, you know, salivate over these uh, women fights, but I actually really like this one. And I kind of like the dog in that fight, uh, Chelsea Chandler. Now, I think she's a live dog. I think she's very well-rounded. She's got great jujitsu and she's also very, very powerful. And I'm always like a Norma Dumont backer, but I really like Chelsea in that one. And I absolutely love that she's an underdog here at plus 120. So sorry, I don't have anything for the Cobain event, but I like the one right before that. No, I love how you shifted gears like that. Boom, boom, boom. That's professionalism <laughs> right there. I was already awesome, awesome, awesome. No, perfect, Minty. I love that. And you know what? I had no opinion on this fight, really. And I'm glad you just gave it because, boom, there you guys have it. Chelsea Chandler, a dog, plus 115, depending on where you, what book you're looking at. But right now, she is a dog. And Minty just gave out some great information. Great jiu-jitsu, could take this fight to the ground. Very powerful. Norma Dumont has won some fights, but at the same time, Chelsea Chandler is the girl to pick right now in this fight. Minty, what other bets do you like on this card? What are, what are the other best bets that you have? What are some things that you're still kind of looking at and aren't so sure about? Matisse, I like a lot, actually. Um, let me go to the Nazim Sadikov and Terrence McKinney fight because I love Nazim Sadikov. I have followed his journey for quite a while, and his first outing with the UFC didn't really fully showcase what he's capable of. Um, you know, I think it was against Evan Elder, and I was there at that fight, and Elder completely dominated both rounds, and then if it wasn't for that, you know, cut above his eye, that you know, kind of ended the fight there and had Nazim winning. Um, I think Evan Elder could have won that one. But anyway, we're here to talk about Nazim. Uh, I love Sadikov here, but going up against a guy like Terrence McKinney, I mean, it's kind of a hit or miss on Terrence because he's a fast finisher with like a ton of knockout power. But against Sadikov, I'm not sure which way the fight will go. I'm rooting for Naz, but I can absolutely see Terrence McKinney just catching uh, Nazim with a nice power shot or something and just knocking him down and then knocking him out. I don't know. That, that fight is something I'm really, really excited about. I also have a parlay that I'm probably not going to give out on air, like on ESPN or anything, but I really want to parlay Evan Elder. Love Evan Elder. I have so much to say about him, and I'll probably, you know, mention more on ESPN. Um, I also love uh, Jack Della Maddalena as well. I'm not sure what actually this parlay payout is. I'm going to try to add one more like to that, but so far I like Evan Elder and Jack Della Maddalena in a parlay, and I'm going to find one more, one more fighter in there to make it a little worth my while. But yeah, those are kind of the picks that I like so far. Holly Holm, Chelsea Chandler. Uh, hmm. I'm rooting for Nazim Sadikov, but I, I can absolutely see McKinney winning, and I'm going to parlay Evan Elder, Jack Della Maddalena, and someone else. So that's all I've got for now. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a little early in the week to like um, pick all the fights, but yeah, that's that's what I got so far. No, hell yeah. No, I'm with you. And I like how you shift the gears to Sadikov and McKinney. You know, this is definitely a fight I have circled out of all the out of all the fights on the list. This one's dangerous to me. It's a scary fight, but it makes me also question McKinney and his management team. I'm thinking to myself, you just took a fight against Bonfim. You just got a out. You just got slept. And now you're fighting Sadikov. 
And I'm thinking, what's up with McKinney taking on these young, hungry wolves that nobody else seems to want to fight? You know, he's yeah. taking the most dangerous fights. And I, I, li- I like the guts. I like what happens because if you win these types of fights, your name gets, you know, could only get higher. But I, yep. I also think about the knockout that he just took. And it doesn't seem that long ago that he was knocked out. And he was knocked out cold, Minty. I, I like your pick with Sadikov. Thanks. Thank you. And I was actually kind of surprised to see him as a favorite because, to be 100% honest, he didn't look good against Evan Elder. But, hey, I mean, maybe he is the better fighter. I, I personally think he's the better fighter, but I feel like, I don't know, Terrence has, I don't know, just so much more power. But I feel like fight IQ wise, it's this is Naz's fight. We are talking to Minty Betts. You could find her on Twitter at Minty Betts. You could also find her with the UFC every single Saturday, giving out the best bets and on Yahoo Sports. She is covering the world of sports, not just the UFC, ladies and gentlemen. She does F1. She does the NFL. Minty, tell us what else you have going on outside of MMA, you know, with Yahoo and what else we could find your work at. Yeah, absolutely. Every Monday through Friday, I am giving out uh, MLB picks on Yahoo Sportsbook's Twitter page. Of course, I retweeted on my Twitter at Minty Betts. So you can find all of my picks, all of my hot sports takes on uh, Twitter at Minty Betts. Also, TikTok, I've been a little more active on TikTok because, you know, I'm I'm pushing 30 this month and uh, I got to I got to keep up with like the younger crowd. So I'm starting to do more TikToks, mostly like some behind the scenes UFC stuff. So if anyone wants to see anything like UFC related, I would be more than happy to like tour the place or show them around or maybe like try to, I don't know, TikTok with a fighter or something. I mean, I'm not as cool as Nina Drama, but I'll get there one day. Um, so, yeah, you can follow me on all platforms at Minty Bets. Awesome. And there you guys have it, folks. Minty Bets. And I'm going to review her bets one last time before we let her go. She likes Holly Holm money line. She also likes the over in that fight. And she's giving us a dog. She likes Chelsea Chandler right now over Norma Dumont. She's also building this parlay. Follow her and find more of her bets at Minty Bets at Yahoo Sports. Hey, Minty, thank you so much for joining Hit the Bell. It's been a pleasure having you on. I can't wait to have you on again. Matias, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. All right, guys. We will be right back after this commercial break, and I'll be giving you my best bets for Wimbledon. We go back to the grass as we inch closer to the finals coming this weekend. All that and more on Hit the Bell with me, Matias Burbell. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
All right, guys. Unfortunately, that is it for Hit the Bell this week. I told you guys I was going to give you some Wimbledon picks, and it is time to go to the grass to finish this tournament off strong. There's so many contenders in this thing right now, but on the men's side, there's only two. And the deeper that we get, the closer we get to Djokovic and Alcaraz meeting again. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And more days go by, the more I start to lean with Carlos Alcaraz. I really am. I love that little Spanish kid. I have been following Alcaraz for so long before so many people actually knew him. I was watching him on Challenger TV. I was watching him late night, you know, working Gabe's show on my phone on tennis TV when nobody really knew who this kid was, man. And he was killing it. And, and I was betting 30 zeros to start off his, uh, his games, and he would always start his games off winning 30 zeros. Imagine Alcraz just, you know, three years ago. His level has obviously gotten better, but he was still stellar three years ago. And when he was, you know, playing against these guys ranked 120th, 112th, 160th, 95 around the world, what do you think Alcraz was doing to those guys early in the sets? You know, what do you think he was doing to those guys in his games? He was always up 30-0 to start, and he would always win around 40-15 and break them. And then he would defend, and you could also bet him to win and break there's so much Alcaraz has done for me while, while wagering tennis and following wagering tennis man it's awesome and going to Vegas and being able to make a lot of money on on Alcaraz has just been stellar the kid shows up every time but so does Djokovic so does Djokovic and he only gets better as well they say that he's the best ever on grass I do agree that I think he's the best tennis player to ever live but you know what he's not he's not getting any younger and right now I think Alcaraz Alcraz likes being looked at under the radar. I don't think he liked being looked at as a favorite back then when he was a favorite in this previous at Roland Garros at the French Open. You know, Djokovic put a whooping on him, ran him around the court, made him tired, cramped him up, way too much adrenaline going for Carlitos Alcraz. So now, you know what we're banking on? We're banking on Carlos Alcraz to go back to adrenaline school and figure out how to control his emotions in this type of stage. It's really similar to the last time they played. Remember, Djokovic was the guy who was not going to beat Carlos Alcaraz. It was supposed to be Carlos Alcaraz who was going to win this thing. Not Djokovic, right? And it's like, oh, Djokovic was a plus 250 dog to win the whole thing. And, and Alcaraz was the favorite. And look what we see in the final. Djokovic runs him around, beats him, cramps him up. Alcaraz doesn't even finish the match pretty much. Like he finished the match, but he was limping his way to the finish line. You know, he made it with pride. And, and now I think he's going to be able to control this and actually beat Djokovic in the final. Djokovic has to play center coming up. And that's going to be a tough game. I see this going five sets, and I see Sinner losing a tight five-set battle with Djokovic. It's going to break his heart. You know, Sinner has always been this close to reaching that pinnacle that he wants to get to, which is a major final. And, and he's so close to doing it right now, but unfortunately, it's just not his time. And, and Djokovic is the guy that's standing in his way, and, and he's going to get the job done. So Djokovic, Alcaraz in the final. And if you want to bet Carlitos Alcaraz right now, he's plus 235 to win the tournament. And I'm going to back him. I texted Gabe earlier today saying the more I watch Alcaraz, the more I lean with him. And the more I start to look at Djokovic, yeah, he's been playing great. But at the same time, I kind of like the way Alcaraz is playing more down the stretch. If you would have asked me a week ago, I would keep, I would keep telling you Djokovic, Djokovic, Djokovic. And Alcaraz was kind of, you know, building himself back up again. But now it seems like, Alcraz is right where he wants to be. 
So I'm going to back with this. I'm going to back the Spanish kid. I'm going to back him making history. And I'm going to back him beating Djokovic in the final. Plus 235. Let's go, Carlitos Alcaraz. On the women's side, this is where things get interesting. You know why? Because Iga Swiatek is now gone. She is no longer in this tournament because, yes, the one and only Alina Svitolina gets the job done. Three sets, a nail biter for the most part, but she gets the job done. And what Svitolina has been able to do with the country of Ukraine behind her back, with all those crazy thoughts in her head because of all the, the war going on with Ukraine and Russia and her family back home and, and how her home is at the moment in Ukraine. She's playing for so much and it's just it's just crazy because you'd think that she would crack under the pressure, especially in that tiebreaker that she had against Azarenka where she was down, you know, I believe 10 to 7 in that tiebreaker and came back and won. I know that she won in the tiebreaker because I had good money uh, on her. I had great money on her, and it was just, I thought we lost it. I thought we, lo- I thought we lost that play because I thought uh, Svitolina was going to lose. It just seemed like Azarenka was on it, and no, 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 not the case. Svitolina wins that, and, and then she takes on Swiatek and beats her as well. Just uh, a beautiful, beautiful tennis by Svitolina, hitting the corners, hitting with accuracy, not letting the game in the moment become so big. She is killing it right now, and it's it's amazing to see. And then I also see Joe Burr making a great one. Joe Burr takes out Alina Rybakina and takes her out in fantastic fashion because she was down a one set to zero. She lost a tiebreaker in the first set, 1-0, and then she comes back and destroys Rybakina. And I mean destroys, she, de- she, de- she deflates her, she mentally breaks her, she six ones her in the third set, it's amazing. You know, Joe Burr, a, a woman who's uh, who, who gave birth, who's coming back, who made a, a, a major final, got her heart broken, and here she is right back where she wants to be. And, and who do we take right now? Svitolina or Joe Burr? I don't think Sabalenka is going to beat Joe Burr, and I don't, th- I don't think Vonda Rusova is going to beat Svitolina. I, I don't see that happening. I, I don't. So we move on. And you know why we move on? <laughs> because listen to these odds right now. Svitolina plus 452 to win the tournament. Ons Jober plus 214. That price just changed. It was plus 500 to start the day, and now she's at plus 214. Ons Jober plus 214. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going with Ons Jober at plus 214. The more I think about those backhands that she gave Alina Ribakina, the more I think she's going to win this. Not because of the pressure. And I know Svitolina is the woman to beat right now. She's playing for so much, and I love her. And I had to give her a great shout-out because she's played fantastic tennis. But Jober, it's her time. It's her time to represent Africa. It's her time to represent Tunisia. And it's her time to win as a major champion. She's been chasing this and she deserves it. And she just seems like she is unbeatable. Svitolina, Joe Burr in the WTA Wimbledon finals. Cash it. Let's go. All right, guys. We're going to be back next week. More great guests. More fun more hit the bell. It's been an awesome episode, guys. We will be back next week, and we'll be telling you who the champion of Wimbledon was. Was it Carlos Alcaraz? Was it Novak Djokovic? Was it Ons Joe Burr? Was it Alina Svitolina? Or am I completely wrong and Sabalenka takes the title? We're going to find out. That's why we love sports, everybody. We'll be back next week. Y'all take care. This is Hit the Bell.
said my flow was lame, they said I had no game, I told them I was finna blow, they thought I was insane, but then my name started blowing up quick, now they jumping on my cause they see me on the rise and know now. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.